Welcome, listeners, to the Kitchen Table Homeschool Podcast. We are Jen Naughton, Courtney Estep, and Drew Campbell. Today, we'll be talking about this past year's break, our changes, and what we're looking forward to. Over the past year, we've all been absolutely swamped with personal and professional demands. I'm moving back to the Manhattan of Chicago, smack dab in the middle of the loop with a great view, and I've been teaching full-time at the Bookish Society. My youngest child is a senior in high school this year, which is crazy. Drew is still in Orlando, but also moving to a new place with their family. They've been hard at work on their K-8 through world literature curriculum, exploring the world through story. They released Level G this spring, and they're getting ready to dive into H, the next to last level this fall. And Courtney has been busier than usual at work and doing some caregiving work at home while homeschooling both her children. This time off has let us rest and recharge, which we all needed, but we're still us and we have many thoughts about education, curriculum and instruction and homeschooling. And with those thoughts, we've watched the partisan divide in the U.S. harden. And for that reason, we've decided to make some changes to the podcast. Like the artist formerly known as Prince, we found that our old name isn't quite what represents us. About 18 months ago, we tried to define modern classical education as, quote, an attempt to articulate what a secular, non-Eurocentric form of classical education might look like for homeschoolers. This focus on inclusive, rigorous academics that didn't exclude religious curricula and, quote, turned out to have a wide appeal. At the time, we said, we see modern classical education as something that includes the whole world, not just a Eurocentric perspective. Because we see virtue in including all of humanity, we strive to include a full range of voices, including here in the United States, Black Americans, Native Americans, and other people of color. We include LGBTQ plus culture and history, as well as those who fought for disability rights. While the great man theory of history is popular, we're also interested in social history, including that of the working class folks who get things built and made and who care for children. We appreciate those of us who are neurodivergent and differently wired, both in terms of what we study and as students and family. We do actually say gay. We also say autistic and disabled and ADHD and dyslexic. Over the past 18 months, we've had some personal and professional run-ins with the culture wars in education, and frankly, I want no part of it. Shouting and furious arguments on the internet isn't my idea of a good time. I'm in a tiny book club, and last time we read How Minds Change by McCraney, and while the arguments in the book are worth taking with a pinch of salt, I do agree that pushing facts and figures at people isn't going to change their mind. These education culture war arguments are often moral and ethical value judgments instead of rational discussion. As a middle-aged person, I've already acquired some moral and ethics, I'm not going to change them because some random person on the internet yelled at me. On the other hand, I still believe in what I said in our discussion of Hirsch's How to Educate a Citizen, which is, you've got to dig in. If you want something, you've got to work on it, and you have to make change happen. It's not always easy. It's not always possible. That's the task of a citizen. And while we may be homeschoolers, we still have to deal with that. We don't get to opt out. Back in 2020, I was discussing the history of classical education during a podcast episode, and I talked about my attempts to make peace with some of the history of classical education, a good deal of which is, let's face it, 
elitist, racist, and colonialist. It's very dead white guy. And what I found is that I cannot make peace with this. I can't justify accepting this history as the current status quo, and I don't want to be complicit in promoting it. That's why I asked my former publisher to remove the Latin-centered curriculum from print and why I completely rewrote Living Memory, that and the fact that the original files were corrupted in a hard drive crash, and no way am I going to reformat 450-plus pages of material in three languages. As the years have passed, some scholars have done work on tracking how classical education has been co-opted, or some might argue simply affirmed, by right-wing extremists. Dr. Futo Kennedy and Dr. Zuckerberg, yes, sibling to that Zuckerberg, have traced virulent strains of misogyny, racism, and bad history to online trolls shouting about the classics and Western civilization. It's so bad out there that just the other morning we woke up to find that one of our favorite classical world history authors had been dubbed a right-wing culture warrior. I want to protest that's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. But the truth is, we have found over the last few years that associating with classical education in public means that you automatically get lumped in with some folks that are not anyone we would voluntarily share a meal with. So in the words of David Bowie, we're making some changes. We're no longer modern classical education at home. Instead, in a nod to the subtitle of our book, we're now kitchen table homeschool. We're letting go of the classical label because for better or worse, we feel that it has become a fascist dog whistle. That said, we have friends and colleagues who are sticking with the classical label, and we're not here to judge them. They are fighting the good fight against ignorance and hate, and we have nothing but love and admiration for them. I hope we all live long enough to see this current wave of conflict collapse into the dust heap of history, at which point we can take a sober look at how ideas like democracy and free thought have been twisted into treason and denial by bad actors. While we enjoy writing these podcasts and getting together to record them, we are busy professionals. Over the last few months, we've talked amongst ourselves to figure out a way to keep doing something we enjoy without cutting into our paid work time. Our solution? We're starting a Patreon called Kitchen Table Homeschool. That name was a given, right? Transcripts of our past podcast will, as always, be publicly accessible. They're already on our Patreon by episode. Subscribers to our Patreon will receive a little swag, tiered by level. We're excited to have an order with longhand pencils for Kitchen Table Homeschool pencils. Courtney is making some cute stickers. We have a limited number of paper copies of our book available in some membership tiers. We may even offer a tote bag or t-shirts if this goes well. In addition, for the first three dedicated listeners who subscribe for six months at the $10 level, we're taking time out of our busy lives and offering a 30-minute Zoom consultation. Ask us questions, get our answers. The tenor of our podcast is also going to change a little bit, both to help us make good use of our time and to make our podcast more accessible to listeners. We're going to aim for shorter, tightly focused episodes of about 20 minutes each. Our plan is to have these out on a more regular basis. We miss hearing from our listeners. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Then join us next time for more real talk about homeschooling.